Blog Talk Radio. Number one source for knowledge in the information age. High Frequency Radio Network. Thank you. 
hold out of my mind Feeling like committing a crime Get a lot for that I won't snitch, I ain't dropping a dime I'm a self-made hustler, top of the line I'm
right. Peace, peace. I would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation. Here on High Frequency Radio Network, I'm your host, So L. And it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you today on The Foundation. This is The Foundation, and we are high frequency. But we understand incorrect information, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information, indeed, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So as always, we are applying correct information here at the foundation. I want to start off by saying all thanks, praises, and honors due to the creator and the ancestors, as always. And I want to say a big up, you know, salute. My, you know, conscious big brother, Yusuf L, the uncle of the conscious community. Big brother Yusuf is with what we call him, High Frequency Radio Network creator, SPC University. Dot com. If you are looking to do your SPC University dance, true indeed. You know, the brother's doing his dance, you know. So we are in the process of doing some minor upgrades with the site, but welcome to the foundation.com. We'll be back very soon. In the meantime, email us, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. If you would like to get on the email list, because uh, that's still offering, the, you know, the exclusive content, the offers and events. If you would like anything from the PDF section, if you are looking to jump into trustee training, you know, you want the Foundation Trust Series, the Foundation Trust Primer, Passport, No Social, all of that you can get right now, currently, by emailing us, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Also, we got an event coming up. Very, very soon. It's going to be in July. From what I understand, it's in Dallas, Texas. You know, we'll be getting more information as we get closer to this event. It'll be coming from Yusuf. He asked me to be there. So, you know, I I guess I I, I will be there. So, you know, appreciate y'all who showed up and blessed us with your presence at the previous event. The normalized campaign by the foundation. We were in Atlanta, Georgia. It was gorgeous. It was lovely. It was luxurious. So catch us at our next event. It's going to be a dance. I want to say peace to all the listeners, all the archive listeners, excuse me, internet listeners, podcast listeners, MP3 listeners, live listeners, live callers. However, you check out the foundation. I definitely want to say peace to you. I want to say peace to all trustees. Here at the Foundation in Private Trustee Training, and as well as those who are otherwise investing in their private education, I want to say peace to all of those that we have interacted with in any way here at the Foundation, because, you know, that's, that's, that's a luxurious thing. Today's show is the Mind State of Wealth Building, 
You know, these things these things are important. Having a proper mind state. <clears throat> having the proper concepts, the proper disciplines, the proper strategies, these things are important. Of course, you know, it's the foundation, so we're always talking about trust, but you know, mind state is important. So we're gonna get into that today. The mind state of wealth building. First of all, we got to get in these current events. Stuff's crazy. It's absolutely insane, man. I, I, you know, I'm wow. Reuters.com, U.S. action on short sellers likely in the next few months, according to the Department of Justice. Check what short selling. The practice of seeking to profit off bets that a stock will fall is a key focus. For U.S. prosecutors, and there will be more activity by the Justice Department in coming months. A top department official said today the recent rout in shares of U.S. regional banks brought fresh scrutiny by criminal prosecutors and regulators, short sellers who had previously come under review in the wake of the meme stock craze of 2021. <laughs> but remarks today by Chief of the Justice Department Fraud Section's Market Integrity Team was the first time the the Department of Justice, excuse me, or any Department of Justice official has talked openly about this relatively new area of of focus. Short selling, including via options, is a priority for prosecutors. Avi Perry, Chief of the Market Integrity Team, said at a practicing law institute event in New York, quote, you'll see some more activity from us involving short sellers sometime in the next few months, end quote. He said Perry declined to comment further when Reuters asked for details on whether the agency expected to bring charges. Reuters reported in recent weeks that prosecutors and other regulators are looking at short selling activity in bank shares, which have whipsawed following three bank failures since March. Since 2021, the Department of Justice and the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission have been investigating potential manipulation by short sellers and hedge funds around the publication of negative research reports. I'm going to say that again. The Justice Department and U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission have been investigating potential manipulation by short sellers and hedge funds around the publication of negative research reports. So if you, sh- if you get your hands on a publication of negative research reports or negative information on a specific company and you short it because you you know you're betting that the stock is going to decrease in value you might be having to holler at the department of justice player and this is this is crazy this is actually this is actually crazy they're going to be changing laws within the stock market and how you purchase you know certain options whether or not you can purchase certain options and they're calling them manipulation so you know if, if you're researching the market you might want to look out you trading stocks did you hear what I just said y'all day traders and stuff man I mean that's crazy you need to look into this y'all need to look into this I know I'm kind of you know kind of geeking right now but wow man wow CNBC Dow futures slip as Fitch places United States AAA rating on negative watch Dow futures slipped today after Fitch ratings placed the United States AAA rating on a negative rating watch. Meanwhile, NASDAQ 100 futures rallied after a strong earnings beat 
from NVIDIA. Fitch ratings put U.S. United States AAA long-term foreign currency issuer of default rating on a negative watch. The rating said the ongoing debt ceiling. I'm sorry, the rating agency said the ongoing debt ceiling negotiations have raised the risk that the government could miss payments on some of its obligations. However, Fitch said it still expects a resolution before the X date. Man, uh, United States AAA rating is on a negative watch. Did you what? That sounds like some stocks. CNBC Fed officials. Less confident on the need for more rate hikes in the show. Yeah, I don't think, you know, they got banks failing. But we'll see. Federal Reserve officials were divided at their last meeting over where to go with interest rates, with some members seeing the need for more increases, while others expected a slowdown in growth to remove the need to tighten further. Minutes released today showed. Though the decision to increase the Fed's benchmark rate by a quarter percentage point was unanimous. The meeting summary, summary reflected disagreement over what the next move should be with a tilt toward less aggressive policy. At the end, the rate-setting Federal Open Market Committee voted to remove a key phrase from its, point, its post-meeting statement that had indicated additional policy firming may be appropriate. The Fed appears now to be moving toward a more data-dependent approach in which myriad factors will determine if the rate hike cycle continues. Quote, participants generally expressed uncertainty about how much more policy tightening may be appropriate. Many participants focused on the need to retain optionality after this meeting, end quote. Optionality, I would presume that would be the the ability, the option to reduce rates. But, you know, know, me personally, I think, you know, I don't don't think they're going to raise rates anymore. I think they might even reduce rates as soon as what you call it September maybe I don't know we'll see we got CNN business corporate bankruptcies are on the rise and the pain won't end for a while remember I told you you know these corporations they you know they're doing bad they're not doing well and you know you don't see bankruptcies and this has been happening for years you know I've been reporting on this for years from Vice Media to Bed Bath & Beyond, bankruptcies are picking up again. Last week, corporate America had its worst 48-hour stretch of bankruptcy since at least 2008, according to Bloomberg. Excuse me, That's never a good comparison. So far, more than 230 companies have filed for bankruptcy just in 2023. James Jellert, CEO of Rapid Ratings International, a company that evaluates the financial health of public and private companies, that many of these troubled companies have similar traits. Quote, the big themes are that they have degraded in operational quality and have debt that has been unsustainable, end quote. We went on to say, quote, that, that is the formula for bankruptcy in the market. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Federal Reserve's rate hiking campaign has played a role in the bankruptcy uptick as the Fed hikes rates, companies with less stable finance face the adverse effects of a credit crunch, an economic situation in which financial institutions tighten up requirements for obtaining a loan, meaning fewer loans are available. These companies struggle to get loans. If they do, they must pay higher interest rates for that borrowing. Despite the fact that Fed Chair Jerome Pizzle has left the door open to potentially pausing 
After 10 consecutive heights, the pain is not over for debt-laden companies. Rising rates will have a lagging impact on corporate balance sheets, the Spoke Investment Group co-founder Paul Hickey said. Quote, if you look back to the financial crisis, the market bottomed in March 2009, and you were still seeing bankruptcy throughout that year, even as the market was doing better. There's still going to be trouble going forward. And, you know, that's, that's going to be true. We're going to see a lot of weird stuff popping off, such as more layoffs. Meta has started its latest round of layoffs, focusing on business groups. The latest round, and, you know, like I said, they, they have a certain amount of, uh, certain amount of employees that they must lay off. And then they just do it in rounds. Meta has begun its third round of layoffs as part of the company's multi-billion dollar plan to save costs. The latest round of cuts targets members of Meta's business groups and follows the previous round of layoffs in April that affected employees in technical roles. About 10,000 workers will lose their jobs between April and May. Following the company's first round in November that affected 11,000 employees, Meta employees with roles in user experience, marketing, recruiting, and engineering took to LinkedIn to announce they had been let go today, backing up an earlier report by Reuters. Meta declined to comment, but referred CNBC to an earlier post by CEO Mark Zuckerberg saying cuts to the company's business groups will begin in late May. The cuts are part of Meta's so-called year of efficiency, which Zuckerberg pitched as necessary for the company to slim down and become more nimble amid a challenging economy and weakened digital advertising market. Quote, as I've talked about efficiency this year, I've said that part of our work will involve removing jobs, and that will be in service of both building a leaner, more technical company and improving our business performance to enable our long-term vision. I understand that this update may still feel surprising, so I'd like to lay out some broader context on our vision, our culture, and our operating philosophy, end quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite the, the cost cuts, Meta is still investing heavily into the nascent Metaverse and its Reality Labs unit, which is developing virtual reality and augmented reality technology, logged a $3.99 billion operating loss while generating $339 million in sales in the first quarter. So, you know, they're moving. They're moving around. We should, too. CNN Business, Netflix begins password sharing crackdown in the United States. Why would they do this? They need money. They don't want to be giving up these free accounts, letting you freely watch Netflix from someone else's password and things of that nature. Netflix is officially beginning its crackdown on users who share passwords in the United States. The streaming video company yesterday said it's now sending out emails to all U.S. subscribers who share passwords with people outside their household as part of a long-planned move to limit password sharing. Quote, your Netflix account is for you and the people you live with, your household, the email reads, along with options on how to share the account. Blah, 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 to share the account with someone outside the household, and blah, blah, must be fee. See, they want more money. You can, you can transfer a profile to a new membership. They pay for or else add an extra member to their account for an extra extra $7.99 a month. 
Netflix previously turned a blind eye to password sharing because it was feeling growth. However, last year said that it was going to crack down on password sharing because it hurts the, its bottom line. It has previously estimated that more than 100 million households worldwide share an account. And that's, I mean, that's assuming that, you know, the people who can't get access to Netflix after this crackdown actually go buy an account, which I doubt is going to happen. Why do you think they're sharing it? But, you know, hey, companies are broke. CNBC, quote, I'm not sure history has ever seen this before, end quote. Top CEOs on what they expect next from the economy. The CEO of bond investing giant TCW Group, Katie Coach, heard what she wanted to hear at this week's CNBC CEO Council Summit. It wasn't good. But it matched her view of where the economy is headed. Coach, who described herself as coming into the CEO meeting, quote, in the camp of medium to hard landing, end quote, said she'd been surprised at recent events like Mike, Mike, oh, sorry, like, like the Milken Global Conference where she found executives were, in her words, too happy. CEOs are decidedly more negative, she said, of the tenure of the conversation she had at the CEO event. Quote, and I think that's a really, really important data point. People are seeing real degradation, revenues being muted, and job losses, so that will weigh on the economy. At the same time, a major call on global liquidity, which will put additional pressure on the economy and a labor market that is starting to crack. That's a view that is not shared exactly note for note by CEOs on an economic panel at the CNBC CEO Council Summit which did cover many of the well-known arguments for a downturn that came up in conversation on the stage between CEOs of Wall Street to the steel industry and logistics sector. While Goldman Sachs' economic research team continues to believe a soft landing is possible for the economy, and Goldman CEO David Solomon told fellow CEOs, quote, it's hard to have a recession with full employment, and quote, he added that his own talks with CEOs reinforce a view that economic conditions are tightening and that does have a leg leg effects. If there's a recession, Solomon said, excuse me. He says he's willing to make one prediction, it will be a shallow one. But other CEOs are not agreeing or in agreement. I lost my place. I'm sorry. The Goldman CEO is on record as having no specific for or against recession call, but he said it's hard to tighten economic conditions and have inflation and not have an impact on growth and some rebalancing of impacts. Uh, but Solomon, as well as other CEOs, blah, 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 wild card factor of the current economy that will make whatever happens next deviate from the economic textbook. Yeah, and they're going off past situations, which doesn't guarantee future results two competing forces in the economy that can be seen as in the demand for metals y'all a central bank drive to slow the global economy on the on the one hand but a commodities industry also aligned longer term with what she described as quote two extraordinary industrializing transitions end quote one is a transition to a low-carbon economy which requires a tremendous amount of metals and minerals highlighted by copper for electrification. Quote, 
We rarely see that juxtaposed with high inflation and tightening credit conditions and a drive by central banks to slow growth, end quote. The other side she cited is the rise for uh, the rise of generative artificial intelligence, which will have implications for economic production and worker productivity. All of the CEOs in the panel spoke about the impact of AI and machine learning are already having on their businesses and have had over the past decades. Uh, NVIDIA, while NVIDIA chip sales among major cloud tech players and consumers, internet companies are booming. The sectors represented by CEOs at the CNBC summit were not talking in terms of huge new investments to deploy the la- latest generation of the technology just yet. With the latest genera- generative AI, Goldman is working through lots of use cases and experience, experiments, but he added, you want to go slow and be targeted and thoughtful and learn. In recent trading, metals led by copper have plunged in a signal of concerns about the global economy and momentum in China's recovery. But that comes amid longer-term belief that transitions, including EVs in the auto industry, will keep the metals' prices on an upward trajectory. Quote, the structural demand for metals is very important. With tightening in credit, we would normally see some impact on construction, and we will see it in office construction and commercial construction and warehouse construction. But tampering that will be heavy construction through the IRA and infrastructure bills. Long story short, the top CEOs, in my opinion, they know what's going on. And they're paying close attention not only to the economy, the electrification of the world, but also metals prices. CNBC, as debt ceiling talks flounder, Kramer says lawmakers' actions will cost you. Quote, get ready for our politicians to lose you some more money. They hurt you then. They aren't done hurting you now, but unless you you trade full-time, it's very hard to get out and get back in early enough for it to make a difference, which means most of us need to to take the pain. End quote. He's talking about stock market. Market prospects feel grim, not only because of the debt ceiling stalemate, but the emergence of a new strain of the panorama. It's unclear whether this new wave will prompt China to impose new travel restrictions, many of which eased up several months ago. Quote, we don't know if travel will be banned or restricted, although the Macau casino stocks are trading like it's going to happen. And we don't know if the psyche of the recently ebullient Chinese consumer will be impacted. Uh oh. So we'll see what happens with that. NVIDIA shares spike 26% on huge forecast beat driven by AI chip demand, CNBC. Artificial intelligence. Get prepared. Here we go. I'm going to keep it moving. CNBC, Microsoft warns that China hackers attack U.S. infrastructure. And this is what I'm talking about. Pause the music. I think this, you know, look, pay attention to this hacker stuff, man, Russia, China, and, you know, the alleged hacking and the actual hacking because y'all y'all know about this Fed now. Hopefully I'll put y'all on the game of Fed now, but yikes. I think the perfect cover is like a, a hack. 
and the banks are no longer stable, so now you need to do this dance, and here, this is what stabilizes it, is this FedNow wallet and this central bank digital currency. I don't know. Microsoft warned today that Chinese state-sponsored hackers had compromised, quote, critical U.S. cyber infrastructure across numerous industries with a focus on gathering intelligence. The Chinese hacking group codenamed Bolt Typhoon has operated since mid-2021, Microsoft said in an advisory. The organization is apparently working to, quote, disrupt critical communications infrastructure between the United States and Asia. Microsoft said, stymie efforts during future crises. The National Security Agency put on a bulletin, put out a bulletin detailing how the hack works and how cybersecurity teams should respond. The attack is apparently ongoing. In an advisory, Microsoft urged impacted customers to close or change change credentials for all compromised accounts. U.S. intelligence agencies became aware of the incursion in February, around the same time that the Chinese spy balloon was down. The New York Times reported the infiltration was focused on communications infrastructure in Guam and other parts of the United States, the Times reported, and was particularly alarming to U.S. intelligence because Guam sits at the heart of an American military response in case of Taiwanese invasion. Volt Typhoon is able to infiltrate organizations using an unnamed vulnerability in a popular cybersecurity suite called FortiGuard, Microsoft said. Once the hacking group has gained access to a corporate system, it steals user credentials from the security suite and uses them to try to gain access to other corporate systems. State-sponsored hackers aren't looking to create disruption yet, Microsoft said. Rather, quote, the threat actor intends to perform espionage and maintain access without being detected for as long as possible, end quote. Infrastructure in nearly every critical sector has been impacted, Microsoft said, including the communications and maritime industries. Government organizations were also targeted. Chinese government-backed hackers have targeted critical and sensitive information from U.S. companies before. Covington and Burlington, a prominent law firm, was hacked by suspected Chinese state-sponsored hackers in 2020. In a joint statement with the International and Domestic Intelligence Services, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency warned that Chinese attacks pose a continued risk to American intellectual property. Quote, for years, China has conducted aggressive cyber operations to steal intellectual property and sensitive data from organizations around the globe. End quote. CISA Director Jen Easterly said in a statement. So, you know, I don't know, man. Now, is this true? Probably, man. You know, probably. They probably are, you know, trying to jack everything. I can leave, I can give you one reason why I believe it's true in a second. But first, I just want to say, you know, it's important to pay attention to today's episode because you are a critical time in history, a very critical time in history. This is where you are. And, you know, you're going to look back in, you know, two, three, five, maybe ten years and wish that you did certain things that you didn't do if you don't do them right now. But I'll also say, you know, you don't want to be dependent on the banking system. You really don't. You don't want to be dependent, you know, banks. So I want you to pay attention to this episode. But here's one of the reasons why I think, you know, it's probably true. I think China's, you know, making positions. 
HSBC. Reuters.com, HSBC is reviewing a possible exit from as many as a dozen countries or one in five of the markets it operates in to sharpen its focus on Asian expansion. Chief Financial Officer, uh, I can't say that name, told Reuters in his first interview since taking the role, quote, some of these will have slower progress than others, and none of them is material enough on its own to change the profile of the overall business. But as we progress and execute on these East assessments, excuse me, we do expect them to contribute towards that shift to Asia. Who de- and this guy, he declined to disclose which markets were under review. HSBC, which is Hong Kong Shanghai Banking Company or Corporation, that's what HSBC stands for, its ongoing pivot to Asia has already triggered planned sales of all its parts of its business in France, Greece, Russia, and Canada, announced in the last two years. While the markets under review may be relatively small, the move is significant in showing the pressure HSBC faces to shrink its once globe-spanning local banking business in order to lift returns and appease its investors. HSBC does not break out all of its individual country performances, making identifying underperforming markets tough. But as Europe and Latin American operations may be under the microscope with the former recording a net loss in 2022. One country not currently under review is Mexico, of course not, despite the debate among analysts and investors on the bank's future presence in the country. Quote, Mexico is performing very well for us, uh, the veteran banker said. Pointing to U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal and China plus one strategy, which have supported its growth. Quote, some 70% of client acquisitions in retail businesses through employees of the multinational companies that HHPC banks in Mexico. So there are strong synergies with the wholesale business and the package as a whole makes sense for us. Yeah, I mean, listen. They, they, HSBC closed their banking operations in the United States over the past two years as well. The United States doesn't really like to talk about that. Uh, Chinese companies are leaving the United States. Case in point, CNBC, Nike CEO John Donahue, Donahue, Donahue says breaking up with China would be disastrous amid rising geopolitical tensions. Nike CEO John Donahue acknowledged geopolitical tensions arising with China, one of its largest markets, but said decoupling from the region would be disastrous for global trade. During a sit-down interview at the inaugural CNBC CEO Council Summit in Santa Barbara, California, this is last Monday, CNBC Sarah Eisen asked Donahue about the threat of China invading Taiwan and Beijing's position in Russia's war with Ukraine. Quote, you have to be wondering about, first of all, non-zero percent chance that China invades Taiwan and then creates a major issue with the United States that China supplies Russia with military aid. I mean, what happens to Nike in these scenarios, which will create even more tension between the United States and China? I asked Donahue. In response, Donahue said, risk is everywhere for companies like Nike that operate on a global scale. Quote, if you're a global company, you've got to just accept that and try to steer a course that is consistent with your strategy and consistent with their values. This the business, I'm sorry, has to step up with the political institutions. I'm sorry, when the political institutions are in the state they're in today. And so we're committed to being a global company, whether that be in China, whether it be in other markets. And, yes, 
there's risk, and you know we've done some contingency planning like all of us, but we're clear we're going to try to keep moving forward. Donnie, he said global trade is a good thing for the economy and geopolitical, sorry, and geopolitical relations. He said consumers around the world, around the world, benefit from it. Quote, I think decoupling will be disastrous economically between the United States and China or China and the European Union. If you really look at the trade flows both ways, they play a mutually valuable role. Again, we believe in global trade and we'll continue to try to do everything we can to support that. We believe that both economies and the European economy as well benefits from thoughtful, balanced trade. Donahue said China, the, sneakers, the sneaker giant's third biggest market by revenue, is vital to Nike. He added, it is important to adhere to the country's local standards while not violating any global rules, such as human rights. Interesting. Where are those shoes made? Where are Nike's shoes sneakers made? Interesting enough, CNN Business, Russia predicts trade with China will hit record $200 billion in 2023. That's a lot of money. Trade between Russia and China is expected to hit a new record of over $200 billion this year, according to Russian Prime Minister Mikhail Mishushkin. During his trip to China, as Moscow faces growing isolation from the West, Russia has been hit by unprecedented, unprecedented Western sanctions since it unleashed a devastating war against Ukraine and has been shut off the much of the global economy, but China, which is has declared, quote, no limits, end quote, to its friendship with its northern neighbor, has thrown the Kremlin an economic lifeline, tempering the impact of its banishment from the global financial system. Last year, bilateral trade jumped nearly 30% to a record $190 billion, mainly boosted by China buying Russian energy. This year, their trade continued to surge up 41% in the first four months, according to Chinese customs figures. Quote, I believe that this year, we will be able to achieve the goal set by the two countries' leaders and bring the total trade to $200 billion. End quote. This is Mishustin during a speech at the China-Russia Business Forum in Shanghai yesterday. That will be one year ahead of the schedule set by Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese leader Xi Jinping. And this was in 2019. Energy cooperation with China remains Russia's absolute priority, Mishustin said. Yes, uh, it's very interesting. But, you know, pay attention. Don't get lost in the shuffle. But that's it for current events, y'all. Let's jump into the show. The Mind State of Wealth Building. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. I want to get into, you know, this mindset talk, you know, and the reason why I want to do that is because, you know, in my, in my study of the educational system, I've, you know, I've come to see the holes that exist with regards to what is and is not known by, you know, what I would call the general population of, of America. So, what I want to do is touch on the mindset, you know, and, and certain principles and knowledge that must be 
acquired in order to generate wealth and, you know, build wealth. Now, this is not to say this is the end-all, be-all, and I'm, you know, I'm that guy, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not illegal, uh, I'm not illegal, I'm not illegal, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an attorney, I'm not a paralegal, I'm not a side legal, I'm not, you know, anti-legal, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, I don't give legal advice, law advice, I don't file lawsuits. I don't sue on behalf of corporations. <laughs> I don't give legal advice, you know, so I don't give investing advice. I can't. I'm not qualified, right? At least, you know, how it is known. But what I will say is this, you know, there's there's a lack of proper quality information on how to truly Master wealth building. Or at least get into it. So this is what I want to do. Let me, let me jump into this. So what I want to say is, you know, you got to understand what real money is. But, you know, basically, you got to understand that, you know, the, the beginning of these Federal Reserve notes were certificates, silver, silver and gold certificates. And, you know, the, the certificates represented specific amounts of gold or silver on deposit. And $50, $20, $1, it was a specific amount of gold or silver, right, on deposit. And that worked very well. The the government wanted to manipulate the purchasing price of the dollar, period. It's as basic as I can say it. But they could not do that with the monetary backing of gold and silver. So once they took the backing of gold and silver away, they were able to manipulate the purchasing price of the dollar. So what happened was once they took gold and silver away or out of the monetary system or, you know, the financial system, let's say that, the, the, the notes started to depreciate. So real money, you got to understand, real money is not the notes. It's not these dollars. It's not greens. It's not dollar-dollar bill. It's not cream. It's not... You know, it's not that. That's not real money. So you can look this up. You gotta you gotta check this out. Like the 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 Federal Reserve, the Federal Open Market Committee, the FOMC. They you know there's there's a federal policy. The Federal Reserve notes, Federal Reserve Bank, their notes, their policy on their currency is they you know they they target two percent inflation on the currency per year, which means. They grow the money supply by two percent, which could with functionally, functionally, absolutely functionally, reduces the purchasing power by two percent every year. So every five years, your money loses currency, Federal Reserve notes, and all currency, all fiat currency, but specifically Federal Reserve notes because this is the Federal Open Market Committee, uh, you know, policy. Every five years, your $100, your $100 bill loses 10% of its value. And what that means equally is that the, the $100 that you have buys less goods and services. So 
So let's say, you know, today you can go and buy, you know, 10 loaves of bread and 18 bottles of peanut butter and jelly. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't know, man. Ten, in, in 10 years, you can only buy eight loaves of bread and 13 bottles of peanut butter and jelly with the same $100, $100 bill, same $100 bill. And that's the, that's the problem, you know. That's not the mindset of wealth building. Saving dollars, saving Federal Reserve notes, that's the problem. If the Federal Reserve push, pushes for 2% um, the inflation on the currency per year, that means if you save, you better, you better have a savings return rate that's above 2% so you can beat inflation. Who? What? Nobody does that. How many people do that? I mean, I don't even think there's a 2% rate right now. You might be able to find one in like a, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, what is it, certificate of deposit, one of those uh, banking instruments, possibly like a high-yield checking account right now because the Fed raised the interest rates to like over 5%, five and a quarter, I think it's that. But historically, man, good luck with that, you know. You got to be you got to be 2%, period. And then that's just inflation on the currency. Who knows what's going on with, you know, uh, our gas prices increase, our certain commodity prices increasing. So it's going to take more dollars to get the same goods and goods and services. So you got to understand what real money. Real money is precious metals, man. Real money is gold and silver. Why? Scarce, and it's been money for thousands and thousands of years. It's value. It's land. It's portable land, 100% portable land. And according to the Constitution, that's that's what that's what money is. But you have other precious metals. You have platinum, you have palladium, you have rhodium. These are precious metals. These are precious metals, precious metals group. But you got to understand this, too. Because, you know, I say gold and silver. Oh, I know that, so I knew that. You over here mansplaining. Check it out. You have base metals as well. And let me share something with you. This is from Numismatic News. This is the only spot I can find. I didn't want to charge me for this article. Changes to our change. Maybe good news, not only for the public. Changes coming to our change. New coin metal modification authorization and cost savings act is presented to Congress, creating a new change in the metal content of circulation, circulation coins as a cost saving measure. Changes to our change may be good news, not only for the public, but for collectors as well. Senators Joni Ernst, and Maggie Hassan, Hassan, I don't know, have introduced the Coin Metal Modification Authorization and Cost Savings Act in Congress. Their objective is to allow the Mint to alter the metal content of circulation coins as a cost-saving cost measure. It's no secret that due to the inflated price of metals, it costs more than face value to produce our business strike coinage. It costs more than five cents to produce a nickel. It co- should, it, should this bill become law, collectors may see a repeat of the 1982 scenario where there were several different seemingly alike Lincoln cents to be collected due to mid-year changes in metal composition. Should the mint be given this option, the results could be off-metal errors in varieties. Even better news, this could encourage the non-collecting blah, blah, blah. Base metals, nickel, copper, the electrification of the world, good luck. You're going to see that those raise in value too. 
zinc. So here's what I'll tell you. If you if you have a penny, if you have pennies, if you ever see a penny in years nineteen eighty two or previous, save it. If you have nickels, you see nickels, save them. Pay attention to this congressional act that's likely gonna pass. Maybe already did pass. Because nickels five cent nickel is more valuable according to the metal content than five cents. And these will continue because, you know, batteries, solar panels, nickel, copper, silver. Those are real money. And people say, you know, precious metals, gold and silver fluctuates. We don't invest in gold and silver. We save. We don't save in dollars. They depreciate it. How can you move your private family forward if the assets that you're saving are steadily depreciating? i.e. Federal Reserve notes. What happened? So we must know where real money is. The mindset of wealth building precludes that we understand and comprehend what real money is. Gold and silver, platinum, palladium, base metals, nickel, copper. Copper, a certain amount of coppers got you silver. Certain num- a, a certain amount of Silver pieces got you gold. And they, they threw nickel in there in between because, you know, nickel is more valuable than copper sometimes. I guess it depends. Congress could change the content of nickels and dimes. is prima facie evidence that there is value there. But that's wealth. And this isn't the first time they changed the content of the coinage. They took the silver out of half dollars, quarters, and dimes. It's called junk silver. You can get some now at local coin shops. They took the copper or most of the copper out of pennies. That passed in 1982. As of 1983, the copper content was significantly different than the copper content of a 1982 minted penny. And now they're about to take a nickel out of nickels and probably even degrade the coins even further. Let's you know it's real money. True wealth is held in tangible form. It's not held in any paper instrument. That's not true wealth. True wealth is held in tangible form. I'm telling you straight up, me to you. My name is Soul L, speaker of truth, seeker of truth. L, I'm telling you, as of now, the prices of gold and silver, nickels, or nickel and copper is will never be this low again. Especially with silver, you have industrial purposes. It's also a monetary metal. It's used a lot in jewelry. It's high demand for this stuff. So if you're looking to move your family forward, you have to have the mindset of a wealth builder and understand what real money is. True value. Tangible form. Another tangible form. Real estate. Residential, commercial, 
real estate, land, immovable land. You have portable land, gold and silver, steel, things that come from the lumber, portable land, resources that come from the land, and you have actual immovable land. These pieces of land can be developed residentially, commercially, privately. That's wealth. Land is wealth, hands down. One of the biggest things of your life should be buying a, a, a property. It's pretty easy and simple these days. You got the first time home buyer program. You put very little down. You can do double payments on the mortgage. You can, you know, utilize private banking te- uh, strategies and pay the mortgage off in like seven years, maybe less. But land, land is money. Improvements, the properties, the, 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 what do you call them? The structures that sit on top of the land. Whether it's a commercial structure or a residential structure. Residential structures, people always need places to live. Commercial structures, people always need places to do business outside of their home. Not everyone, but you're going to have a lot. Now, there may be, you know, recessions, ebbs and flows, ups and downs in economies and lives, whatever. That's natural law. That's vibration. Land, real estate. Land, that's true wealth. True wealth is tangible. That's tangible. You got to understand what substance is. The mind state of wealth building requires that the wealth builder comprehends that true wealth is held in tangible form, not in Federal Reserve notes, not in IRAs, precious metals, specifically in the United States, well, how about this? Specifically in America, 401s, IRAs, IRAs privately, that's gold and silver. That's American Eagle coins. The wealthy hold the true assets, the substantial, the substance, and they teach us to hold the intangible assets, the abstract of the assets, the notes, the depreciating side of those assets, the clothes, the fashions, the electronics that depreciate in value. You go buy a TV, leave it in the box, try to sell it and get exactly what you paid for. Good luck. You're always going to take a loss. These things depreciate. Certain vehicles, new vehicles, I will say, depreciate. As soon as you drive them off the lot, I'm sure you heard that before, they depreciate. You turn around. Now, I will tell you with vehicles, with cars, with motor carriages, private motor carriages, motor conveyances, whatever you want to call them, you have a three-day buyer's remorse. But, these are generally depreciating assets. They lose value over time. That is not the mind state of wealth building. 
of course, certain depreciating assets are necessary. And that moves me on to the family business. My state of wealth building requires and necessitates the family business, some sort of business. And those building wealth, of course, most of them are building it for their family. Family business is absolutely necessary. And people will say, you know, they, you know, a lot of people make these, these what I call them excuses as to why they can't start a business, why, blah, blah, blah. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you straight up, my pancakes and toes, as I normally do, as I do my dance. Man, the family business A, you grow slow, you bubble slow. B, man, it allows for credit profiles. It allows for corporate, all types of stuff, vehicles, phones. It reduces the personal costs of the family by putting certain a cost that would be personal now as business. And you're building the credit profile, and you're building a brand, a public-facing brand where, that can offer a quality product or service. And if you're focusing on permanent industries, which if you have the mindset of a wealth builder, you, that's what you're focusing on as you grow and build your, your family's estate wealth, that family business is, gonna, is going to kick off money to the family Forever, really, as long as it's, you know, being administered properly. And I don't care if it's $10 a month or $10,000 a month. That's extra income that the family would not have otherwise had, plus allows for security. Family members get fired by the, you know, there's a lot of different things. But it allows for security, some sort of job security for specific family members. Certain family members aren't going to get fired. There's so many benefits to a family business. People just look at the work involved in it and shy away from it. You should be ashamed of yourself. You need to be accountable. You need to be courageous. You need to trust in yourself that you can handle this. The mindset of the wealth builders understand family business is necessary. And a family business is tangible, tangible wealth. Wealth is held, true wealth is held in tangible form. Whether it's private or public, an LLC or a private business trust, it's still tangible. True wealth, collectible art. I don't know how realistic it is that you can get your hands on a Picasso, but if you do, look. Even Jay-Z said in one of his records, he bought some art for one million or whatever he said and sold it for three. These assets appreciate collectible cars. I know a lot of brothers, some sisters out here, like getting them old cars, the barn finds. You got an uncle, grandfather, somebody got this old school, and they fix it up. That's money. That's money. That's money. 
things, you can keep them. You can bring them to car shows and win money. With They make money. You can rent them. People want to take pictures in them. They make money. I know uh, a client who rents uh, classic cars to Hollywood Studios. He makes money off them. They appreciate in value over time classic cars. Y'all, y'all, classic cars. And and if you if you have a right mind state, they're actually businesses. Classic car can be a business. You can run a business. You can start a little small business run a classic car, man. Expense some stuff. You on trips. You expensing this. You know, it's a business, man. You win some winnings. You win second place on it. Man, come on. And then that that just builds to the to the uh, you know the brand of this classic car. Now you can sell it for more. Oh, it won this car show. It won this car show. Actually, when you buy the classic car, all these trophies come with it. Come on, man. Come on, man. Hope y'all hearing me. Classic cars. Of course, diamonds, emeralds, pearls, rubies, these things of that nature. They have value. And I wouldn't say go out and buy them brand new. But if you ever come across, you know, hey, a pawn shop is a good spot to get rings. I'll tell you that. Good spot. You want to get some rings? You go to uh, uh, the jeweler. What's his name? Uh, Jared. Jared the jeweler. What else? Every kiss K jewelers. You know what I'm saying? I gotta remember about their jingles. Uh, what the jewelry exchange? You know what I'm saying? Buy a ring from them. You are gonna get hoes. Go to a pawn shop. Go to a we buy gold spot. They got a little case with some jewelry and stuff. Look at look at the rings. Ask them how much the rings is. I know people. Um, I know a, uh, a We Buy Gold guy. He tells me that the dude who has a shop in the mall comes to him and buys rings, cleans them up, marks them up in one of them shopping malls, man. So, you know, rings, little rings, you know, pick up pick up silver rings, you see little, little chains and stuff. If it says 925 on it, that's that's silver. 14k, 18k, 24k, doesn't matter. 22k, 10k. That's that's gold. But you know, what else? What else we got? Let's hit the bonus round. Uh, tangible wealth, mind state of wealth building, life insurance, man. Hands down, it's a no-brainer. It 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 it. You are frowned upon. Like the children don't play with you at the playground if your parents don't have life insurance. I'm serious. I'm serious. Um, it's 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 how the wealthy get wealthier. One of the main ways, and particular, you know, life insurance policies have cash value, which you know, private banking, and that's you know a whole other topic. But, you know, all of us, we're going to pass, man. And and when every family member passes, there is a, 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 a funding of the private estate for the next generation. On top of what the trustees did in their administration. And, I mean... Pretty simply, you know, that breaks down, I would say, you know, the basic mind state 
of wealth building. You know, you got to know what real money is. You got to know that true wealth is held in tangible form. You got to stop looking at spot prices of gold and silver and all these other things and think of it as tangible wealth. It's been money for thousands of years. 200 years of the United States ain't going to change nothing. Please believe me. Please believe me. And on top of that, silver is being destroyed. It's being used in uh, uh, solar panels, being used in electrification, along with copper. But the, and a lot of silver is being used. You're going to see, you know, uh, 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 mining companies that are going to be mining, uh, what you call them, uh, dumps, landfills, and things of that nature. You're going to see the silver price, the gold price go crazy. And a lot of people you know are going to sell. And I'm going to tell you, hold. Because after that first price jump, there's probably going to be another one, and then you're going to see the true value of silver and gold. You're going to see the true value of base metals, copper and nickel. Real estate. You want to get your hands on real estate. Especially denominated in Federal Reserve notes, these things gain value over time. Truly, in my opinion, renting, there's no equity in that. You can rent a spot for 10, 12, 15 years. You don't pay $100,000, $200,000 in rent. When in actuality, you could have bought a house. You could have been in a house paying a mortgage and been paying off the house, and now that $200,000 you paid in, quote, rent was actually not rent. It was mortgage. So it's adding to the equity or freeing up equity in your home while the home is appreciating in value. Come on, man. That's the mindset of wealth building, hands down. You get you get with your friends, get with a cousin, get with your girl, get with your man, get with somebody, get with your sister. Y'all co-sign the property, get a duplex, because now you got land and you have a business. If you have a duplex, you can live in one of them and rent the other one out. You can Airbnb that joint out. There's a lot of things you can do. With real estate, tangible form, tangible way to hold and appreciate your wealth. A family business is absolutely, absolutely necessary in the mind state of wealth building. Whatever scale, how small, how large, it does not matter. Offer a quality good or a quality service just to your neighborhood, just within eight blocks, just on the south side. Or go multinational with it. It's up to you. Reestablishing the private estate, going private, part of that is adding back to the private enterprises to counterbalance these public enterprises, if you follow what I'm saying. Because these public businesses, all they're doing is taking men and women from private families, taking the labor out of the private family and put it in the public, which is siphoned off to another private family, man. And of course, you're going to create a family business. Not every family member is going to work at the family business, but at least they have the option. And at least the family has that income. So maybe that family member who isn't working at the family business, maybe they need a loan, but a large portion of the loan from the family trust originates from the family business. That's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing. That's a beautiful thing. That's a luxurious thing. That's illustrious. Now, I'm passionate about this stuff because we're reestablishing the private estate. 
You want to go private? You want to really understand this stuff? You want to really, for real, take back control and be, quote, sovereign? You got to learn how to administer private contracts. The most powerful instrument in the world, commercially or otherwise, is contracts. Governments are controlled by contracts. States are controlled by contracts. The United States is under a trust indenture contract known as the Constitution. Study it. I don't care. Study it all you want. There's a gift of trust. There's grantors, there's beneficiaries, and there's trustees. Congress is the trustees, man. Study it. It's a contract. Look at the United States of America and tell me that that, that contract isn't powerful. The most powerful thing in the world is a contract. You want to be private? You want to take control of your life? Have the, the government infringing on your private rights? And on top of that, protect your family wealth, your family assets from probate, creditors, litigation, lawsuits. Because anything that you own can be taxed to you or litigated away from you. But when you own nothing, control everything, what can they, what, what's the problem? What do you mean? What's, what do you mean why, did, why I didn't file a tax return? Uh, how did you make any money? There's no personal individual income that came into any of the individual accounts. Matter of fact, there are no more individual accounts. There's one, and the balance is at 21 cents. So why would I do that, you know? I own nothing, control everything. I, I administer private contract. I'm going to tell you this. I do everything through trust. And when you can understand that and, uh, and, and comprehend what that means and how that is true, you'll be doing your dance as well. But we teach this, trust administration. These principles, these concepts are taught here at the foundation. You can email me. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com if you're looking to get into trustee training, if you would like the trust primer, the trust series, passport, no social, any of the things that we offer here at the foundation, because currently our website is under maintenance. But I mean, the time is now. You got a lot of stuff going on. Um, Chinese hackers, quote, Chinese hackers. I mean, look, I foretell a banking crisis. I foretell, you know, people can't get their money. I foretell the Fed issuing a, you know, a Fed wallet. Fed now, Fed now, F-E-D-N-O-W. Look it up, F-E-D-N-O-W, Fed now. Look it up. Do a search, Fed now. No spaces, F-E-D-N-O-W. You'll see what I'm saying. And I, I don't say that. To freak anyone out, to scare, to clickbait, nothing. I want you to be prepared. You have time to be prepared. It's not too late. It's not too late. It is not too late. So email me. I've been at welcome to the foundation.com. Trustee training, you want a consultation? Currently still $55 an hour. Oh, and for an entire hour. And I'll let you do all the talking. I thought for 12 seconds. Unless you're asking me, asking me a question, I'm responding. You know? I assume that you listen to a bunch of shows and you're tired of hearing me talk unless I'm being specific about your situation. So, you know, that's what it is. But, you know, these these offerings will be modified pretty soon here. 
with regards to the foundation trust, the training, consultation, all these things. We're going to have the foundation trust, I'm sorry, the foundation retainer. Three tiers. First, second, third tier, depending on what your need is. You know, you can retain the foundation annually for, you know, consultation and other administrative services. Your, you individually or your family trust, your, your business trust. It's up to you. That's the retainer. We have, we're going to have three. We're going to be introducing three different tiered levels of trustee training. Beginning, intermediate, and advanced. Things are changing around here. But as far as like setting up your, your family for success, establishing that mind state of wealth building, you got time. Don't freak out. Just be smart. Acquire precious metals. Biggest thing I can tell you, go to a We Buy Gold spot. Develop a relationship. You buy stuff off the internet. A, it's not private. B, you paying shipping. And top dollar, man. Plus shipping. And then price and tax, depending on where you at. So, you know, do your dance, man. But, you know, I'm not giving you legal advice, tax advice, investing advice, nothing. Absolutely not. I'm just looking to help you with the mind state of wealth building. So I appreciate y'all, you know. And I'm going to wrap this up. I'm looking forward to seeing y'all in July. You know, we we, we back on the events, y'all. The Foundation High Frequency Radio Network. You know, we still got some limited edition Foundation normalized campaign t-shirts. If you're interested, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. When they're gone, they're gone. I'm telling you. And as I said, Foundation Trust Primer, you're just getting into this, you know, over 18 handpicked documents by me. Uh, Foundation Trust Series, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, Intermediate, I mean, Beginning, Intermediate, Advanced. You can get all three, you can get one, whatever. And we have Passport, No Social, Part 1, Part 2. Chris L. came through, shows how he did his dance. Part 1, he said, how you obtain the passport without a social Part two is how you use it. My name is So L here from the Foundation on High Frequency Radio Network, and it has been an absolute pleasure to be here with you today to help you understand the mind state of wealth building. I trust that you learned something. I trust that you were able to glean something from this episode. And, you know, I look forward to interacting with you, meeting with meeting you, Serving you and your family in the future. Be sure to email us, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. In the meantime, make sure that you enjoy yourself. You take care of yourself. Make sure you take you say ten things that you're thankful before you go to sleep tonight and every night. It is very important. And I will catch you next week on the same, same, same location, the hottest. Internet radio station on the planet, High Frequency Radio Network. Once again, my name is So L here with the foundation on High Frequency Radio Network. Y'all have a great one. Do your dance and enjoy yourself. Peace to the gods. High Frequency Radio.